0: You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere, brought to you by Manscaped, with your hosts, Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen to us free on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts from.
1: Uh, Tough game. Uh, Give Dallas credit. Tough game. On the, uh, the fourth and one decision to go for it yeah what you saw there when the ball looked like a catchable ball for baseball. yeah i mean they kept the ball in the second half went down and took a lot of clock off thought it was a good chance to go ahead and get the first down but we didn't get it yeah. Where Before are you at, the yeah yeah can't happen what happened can't happen why did that happen? what's that do you have any idea why yeah i do this can't happen. Did you think he should have caught that or was that a pass behind him? Yeah. Guys, we didn't convert it. So. At right, this point, do you see the season kind of at a crossroads here? No. People- I see us getting ready to play Washington. You seem a little more upset than even some of the past losses. What about this loss this hitting you hard here? Every loss hurts. Today, though, yeah, I think we missed some opportunities. we got to do a better job. Starts with me. What did you see on the, the first touchdown that got negated ask the officials.
0: So keeping with our trend of uh watching or listening to the press conferences after the game, that's a uh very frustrated Brian Dable. Talked about missed chances talked about the bad calls, getting ready for Washington, just very terse one word answers. And, 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 you know, he was actually asked a question, it seems like you're a little bit more irritated than normal. And he said, yeah, all, all losses are, are irritating. Um, that was a frustrating game. We'll get into it, but all, it seems like every game against Dallas is a frustrating game.
2: Yeah. Uh, going back, it seems like forever, uh, certainly in my lifetime, but it's just, it's, you know, um, if they don't get blown out and embarrassed, which we all sort of predicted they would, they're in a close game that's decided by the most head-scratching of either plays, funny ball bounces, officials' calls. It's you know, it's just always some oddity, and maybe that's the same that we probably have with Philadelphia, although Philadelphia seems to take it take us to the woodshed a little more often uh, than Dallas does in that regard. But yeah, frustrating always. Man, you'd never want to lose to Dallas. You know, this is just a team that just does nothing but their fans bark and crow like they're something. You know, Jerry Jones and that f- disgrace of a building. Just I, I've, you know, we talk I always talk about Ezekiel it being the best player who does nothing. Of course, he has to come out and shove that in my face and have a pretty good game. But but Dallas as a team is that same team. They're just this, they're lauded with respect and accolades for doing Dick. Just dick.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you're right. You guys just said it. It's uh, yeah, it's it's easy to be pissed off after this game. It's infuriating. Yeah, the three of us, we said last week that we didn't think the Giants would give Dallas much of a game at all. Uh, and and because they they were in the game and because they played, uh you know, much better than than we thought and we and we felt. Yeah, it's it that's it, you know when you lose the club, when you're in the game and, and the game swings on a couple plays here and there. Yeah, it's just infuriating. So Dable's feeling, yeah, you know, maybe he's feeling the pressure a little bit now. You got two losses. You know, they think they've lost uh, what three out of four now. Um, yep. You know, in there with the buy. So yeah, he's definitely feeling the pressure as as the as as I am as well. You know, because the playoffs all of a sudden got a lot tighter uh, as far as the race. We'll we'll talk about and we'll get into it tonight in terms of what's at stake next week with Washington. But it's Dallas. It's Thanksgiving. It's that fucking stadium. It's that Salvation Army kettle that I can't stand. The whole thing, all of it. It's just that whole stadium. And I wasn't expecting a win, but, you know, coming out in the second half, we'll we'll get into it, guys. But, yeah, it's just it's easy to be pissed off tonight.
0: Yeah. So we are the Three Angry Giant fans. It's your host, Scott, with Giant Mike and Cardone. And let's give a shout out before we get into the details of the game. So this one's a little bit closer to us here. So hello, Lincolnton, North Carolina. Lincoln. so lincoln named after uh, major general benjamin lincoln from the revolutionary war and it was the site of the first textile mill in north carolina
3: also the site of my first authentic and true southern barbecue sandwich where i didn't know what the hell or how to order this freaking thing and that's when you get the col- coleslaw slammed on your on top of your sandwich you know, in between the slices of bread, I'm like, the hell are you doing here? Coleslaw belongs on the side. You eat it with a fork. No, not in North Carolina, not in Lincolnton, North Carolina. That was the first time I ever had experienced coleslaw on top of my sandwich. Evidently, that's how you're supposed to do barbecue. What do I know, being from New Jersey? Oh, well. So,
0: Did you like it or no?
3: No, I, I, I much prefer the coleslaw on the side. <laughs> then the guy was asking me, like, what kind of base do I want? You know, the mustard, mustard, vinegar. Ba- I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I, I just, I know, I know barbecue sauce out of a jar. You know, like, I don't, you know, like,
0: so
3: <laughs> I know Casey barbecue sauce or I don't even know if I knew Sweet Baby Ray's at the time, but I vinegar, mustard. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. So. I think
0: we just lost our listener from Lincolnton now. He's Probably. very offended. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's offended. <laughs> I don't know. Well, first of all, like.
2: You can't name a town Lincolnton. We just assume it's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> but that I mean, too. that's not even that's not even right to Major General, whatever his name was, because th- no one knows that. You know, you figure Abraham Lincoln on a presidential thing, like, you know, stopped there and waved at everyone from the back of a train. And they're like, oh, this is Lincolnton now. And now this guy, they named the town after him. Like only his family knows, and what he, when the, you know, his kids are, his great, great, great grandkids are in school. This town's named after my great, great grandfather. No, it's not, you liar. You know they probably yeah. Uh, it's just you gotta do something else. They should have used his first name or or something.
0: <laughs> well, that's Benjaminville.
2: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Benjamin Ten Third. Third for reference for done. <laughs>
0: <a> <laughs> reminds me of Superman when Lex Luthor wanted to name the uh like lexville or luther yeah <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: i think i was otis
0: his, otis. <laughs> uh,
3: his assistant <laughs> otis berg yeah after the missile that he uh, concocted to hit the san andreas fault california was supposed to fall into the pacific ocean and then uh yeah, yeah he was supposed to have property yeah his, exactly he was gonna have beachfront property up along the entire coast and then uh yeah, Otisburg was was uh anyway, we digress here a
0: little bit on the three new Giants fans. But yeah so I'm glad I'm glad we could give a little bit of a history lesson because of course we had a history lesson in Dallas too. This game went the way most D- dallas games go. They're frustrating as hell, bad calls on both sides. You got touchdowns taken off the board. We were just talking before we came on on the air. How how many times have we had a touchdown taken off the board when we play Dallas? It seems like every fucking game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I, I'm gonna have to go find that out because uh it's a great great point. Like Scott said, we we're talking about it before the game and it just seems like it's a staple. I you know, you go back to Charles Way, right? You guys remember Charles Way <laughs> uh scoring to ice a game? Way. Yeah, he scored to ice a game and, and that one got called back and and uh you know, so it's so it's, it's just every game must have this. Uh, sometimes it's in a very critical moment. You know, this is first quarter. You could argue that it wasn't that big a deal, but um, there's that. And then, of course, there's the two. There's two in this game, uh, one on like a third forever, and forever, the other on third and six defensive holding calls where where nobody was touching anybody. And, you know, you just gifted a first down. Of course, we talk about that every week. But yeah, the touchdowns called back on an illegal. A lineman downfield who was like three and a half, four yards downfield. I I couldn't tell where the line of scrimmage was when they showed that replay, but just seemed very ticky tack. And, you know, it's, um, you know, who knows? Who knows what could have happened had those refs uh, just kept the flags in their pocket for the afternoon.
0: So we do have a good friend, our Jets fan that was on uh, the podcast, Scott Novak. We like that Scott Novak. The Scott Novak who officiated this game can go fuck himself. I mean, that crew, we talked about them in a previous podcast, not even doing a giant game, just doing another game where they completely screwed up. Well, that crew just has a habit of throwing altering game, altering penalties and calls. And and the one we're talking about here with the, the legal man downfield, the thing that makes me the most angry about that is the lineman was engaged with the blocker. The blocker then dropped back into coverage. Which is not supposed to result in a penalty and then I saw screenshots taken of Dallas on four or five different plays that they ran where their linemen were downfield including one which was on the Dalton Schultz third and 15 uh, touchdown. so you know it, it always seems like a crew that throws a flag on a touchdown that takes it off the board they do it after the fact. Like that, that flag was not thrown in real time. That flag was thrown. It seemed like after the referee saw the score and went, wait a minute, this guy's out downfield. Let's throw the.
2: flag. Well, it didn't seem like that, Scott. It was a rare one where (laughs) you could see the flag actually come in off the screen and it came in simultaneous with the, with the runner crossing the goal line.
3: (laughs) Well, what do I always say guys, right? Before, you know, like we've talked about a million times, like, you know, my routine, I, I don't, I don't fly off the couch or off my bar stool until I see. wait for the yellow box, wait for the yellow flag indicator on the screen, because it's, you know, that's until you know that you can celebrate the play. And that one, I, how do I know that how late that was? I was already like pumping my fist and cheering and taking a sip of my beer. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, there's a flag. Where where did that come from? So that's how late that flag came in, because I usually build in the two second pause. And, you know, a couple points I wanted to make on, on that particular play um, well, first of all, I wanted to thank McCarthy for the fucking boneheaded going forward on fourth and two. You arrogant asshole on yep. your own forty. You know, yep. way to give the Giants, way to give your opponent, uh, you know, momentum early in the game. I was, I had a feeling the Giants were going to stop that. First of all, so we 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 got the ball there at the forty yard line on the plus forty, thanks to McCarthy's arrogant asshole play. Uh, you know, going for it there. But I mentioned it, this, Mike. I don't know if you were on yet. I mentioned it to Scott. You know, tonight. Um, two, if you remember that drive, it was only 40 yards, the two plays before the Hodgkins uh, Hodgins touchdown Jones, a very similar play rolled to his right on the far side and found Myrick underneath the, you know, just past the line of scrimmage for, you know, like another, like a 20 yard, you know, kind of seat right down the scene there on the numbers. And I went back and looked at the highlight of both of those plays. Guess what? On the Myrick play two plays before that, just not, there were three giant linemen that were past the line of scrimmage. No call. So either McCarthy or someone was barking about it, maybe on that play, on the on that particular play. But that just goes to show you how much bullshit it is with this officiating in the in the NFL. Because two plays earlier, you saw the same exact thing with about three linemen pass a line of scrimmage, and they didn't make the call, and they call it back on the touchdown after he crosses the goal line. It's bullshit, guys.
0: I, I think I have a bigger problem. Is as, as much as that one took a. a a touchdown off the board. I still have a bigger problem with the thought process on the Darnay Holmes hold because it's a third down and seven there. It's an incomplete pass on a ball. That's not catchable. And CD lamb was not impeded. Holmes literally when they show the replay never touches CD lamb. So at what point does a referee see an infraction and throw the flag and is certain that he saw contact? Because first off, you can't hold without contact. Second of all, you can't throw a flag if you don't see contact. So, what did the guy see that made him think, "Oh, that's a hold right
2: there"? I've, I've watched it a hundred times. I posted it on—I uh, posted it on Twitter. Actually, the video of that play, with the caption that said, "For those of you just learning the game of football, this is textbook defensive holding." Um, got a lot—got a lot of thumbs up and likes on that. Um, textbook defensive holding. <laughs> this is. They're gonna call that every time, uh, <laughs> you know. I, I don't know. We I I feel like I've beaten the dead horse on this so badly, but their their threshold for defensive holding on third and long, or or even third and medium, uh, you know, on third down period, is the exact opposite of what it should be. It just it just is. The threshold to throw that flag should be incredibly high. Yeah. Um. You know, or or at least it shouldn't be as low as it is. It that play you should be able as an official to watch that play come off the line of scrimmage a thousand times and never even think I'm throwing a flag on that. You you did not see a guy impeded. You did not see a jersey grabbed or stretched. You didn't see anyone use a hand to twist. You you just didn't. You threw the flag. I, I well that most of the time I could I could. Give a reason why they threw the flag. Maybe not most of the time, but just heartbreaking, devastating. I mean,
3: yeah, guys. If, I mean, we could talk about their officiating all night, but you know, looking at the game it, itself, the um, you know, and in, in both sides of the ball, we're st- we're not making enough plays. You know, the Giants still did not. They didn't make enough plays to win this game. Yep. Um, certainly. So I don't want our listeners to just think like, oh, there they go again. You're just talking about the officials, and and yeah, you know, that's a big part of it, but. You know, I was just making just some of the plays that I was thinking about today. I went back and looked at the tape, you know, just to to look at the replays. Yeah, like the like we're coaches, right? Looking at the tape, you know, and uh, you know Dallas, it seemed like they were picking up every third down. Uh, We were, uh, you know, defensively we were giving up third down after third down conversion. You know, they scored on a couple of those drives where they were they must have completed four or five in a row on one drive. You know, they were seven for eleven on third down. Uh, we're blitzing. We're still blitzing a lot. We're not getting to the quarterback. I know defense. You know Dallas has one of the better offensive lines in the in the league. It seems like they do every goddamn year. I don't know how they always have the best offensive line, and we seem to have one of the worst. I don't know how that happens, uh, but that still seems to be the case. And so, you know, co- combine that with offensively. Uh, you know, we're, teams have figured out how to stop Saquon Barkley. Uh, either that, or we're not getting enough misdirection, and you know, things of, of getting him the ball in space, that kind of stuff. So. Um, you know Dallas is a better team than the Giants, and and they you know, it, they just showed that both sides of the ball. Um, you know we picked we we, we turned uh, Dak over twice. We did nothing with it. On I, I don't think we scored on either one of those. Uh, and we stopped their drives. That's really all we did. You know we stopped them from scoring on those drives. That's about it. But we didn't you didn't we didn't really take uh, take them by the balls there a little bit and, and make them pay for those turnovers with points off of those. So the Giants are still they're just they're not making plays, guys. They're not, they're still not making enough plays. We know that they're not a big play offense. But now all of a sudden, what I'm starting to fear is that, you know, we saw two weeks in a row now that with the Lions and now the Cowboys, um, they're running it down our throat a little bit. We're not getting to the quarterback. We're not disrupting the passing game enough. And that's kind of concerning.
0: Yeah. You know, you know, we had a good game and it didn't show up so much in the results. But Thibodeau had nine pressures on 26 rushes. Yeah. So he was getting there. <laughs> there were a couple times it looked like he was getting mugged. Um uh, again, another another officiating complaint, but uh, you know he's he's getting sustained pressure now. The interior of the line, Williams and and uh, Lawrence played well again. Uh, guys, we're not stopping the run at the second level. So no. the the inside linebackers, the the safeties, they're they're missing tackles. We're allowing guys yeah. to to go forward. We'll talk about this when we get to the the Redskins game because the Redskins now have a pretty efficient rushing attack as well. So we're going to have to 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 get better on this kind of thing. And and of course, you know, we jinxed uh, Andrew Thomas too. We talked about how great he was doing. Now, he did have the flu, he was under the weather, but he gave up two sacks, um first two sacks of the year and yeah. uh he gave up several pressures. Uh, of course, he was he was li- lined up against Parsons most of the time, but still.
2: Yeah, it's it's good stuff. I I mean, I don't have any real specific uh, plays to break down there but i do just think generally two things uh showed up to cardone's point is what's the difference between dallas and the giants right now it's offensive line and wide receivers uh cd yeah. lamb and michael gallup just making plays all over the field and it, the giants defensive uh, those kids who just got called in out of nowhere didn't find out they were playing a, a game on thursday until monday uh they played great dallas the Lamb and, and particularly Gallup in this game who are not yeah Gallup who mm-hmm. you know didn't come in as as highly touted as lamb but Gallup was covered and made some nice catches
0: yeah
2: um and lamb is just a playmaker and the Giants I mean I know offense doesn't play offense but our offense just has none of that for Jones We don't have any of that you know we all we've talked about the drops and you know some of these guys every now and then pop up and make a play and and you're happy because you know they suck. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, when they actually make a play, you point it out. Um, but, yeah, the, the talent level versus Lamb and, and Gallup and uh, Schultz is yeah. just a huge giant gap there. And and Barkley, if teams just really want to dedicate themselves to stopping Barkley, they can. We've all known this. We have to make them pay for that. You have yeah. to. Yeah. And, and the reason we can't, you know, a, just being completely honest, Jones has missed some throws this year, so there's there's that that's out there. But Jones has shitty wide receivers, and Jones doesn't get much time to throw the ball. We we know that this offensive line is better than it has been the past few years. Still not very good. Uh, yeah. You know, on on their best day, they're maybe slightly above average when they're all healthy and playing pretty well. Um, they're they're maybe slightly above average, and I think that gets better. I think that gets better with health. Um, Next year. But, you know, if we can if we can get people off Jones back and make them pay for selling out to to stop Barkley, this offense could be dangerous. But, um, you know, we just don't have the horses still.
3: Yeah. I want to make a quick correction uh, of a comment I just made. So I have on the second interception of Dak that we were up 10-7 and, you know, late second quarter we did turn, so we, we, we did turn that into a uh, three points going back the other way at the end of the half. We got the, so we went up 13, seven on that after that yeah. turnover. So I was feeling great about the, the game at that point, guys, 13, seven, uh, you know, halftime and, and Mike, you just made up a, 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 you just brought up a great point that I, that I was going to touch on just, you know, in the second half. And you kind of, it was one of those things where you just felt like, all right, we're up third, we're up by six, but it felt, I mean, is that, if that's, that's as precarious a lead as you you, you there you know the Giants ever have right at that yeah. in that game in that stadium the whole the situation I'm like I'm just you're just waiting for the freaking roof to cave in and it did um, you know there was no chance of stopping Dallas coming out of the halftime you know they marched right down our throat 14 plays 75 yards seven you know over seven and a half minutes to go up 14 13 the play of the game guys was um I wrote it down here. After, so we're down thirteen-fourteen. You just said, Mike, um, Jones has missed some throws. And it was the play down thirteen-fourteen, four-ten coming after that drive, four-ten left in the third, fourth and a yard and a half on our own 45. And Jones misses Saquon on that little out route. To, that would have been a first down. I watched that play a couple times again over and I can't tell that Jones just make a bad throw. I, he had some pressure coming from his right, so kind of like he was throwing right into his pressure, in, into the pressure. But Barkley's wide open, and it kind he throws it like kind of off his his right hip. If you guys remember that play, Dallas. and as soon as he dropped that ball, you know if they counted a drop, miss throw, whatever. Um, I said right there, it was a one point game. I'm like, that's the game, game's over. after yeah. that. You know, and that, then Dallas point. came down, scored after that. It was 21-13, lights out. That was it. That,
2: that, that was felt the play. Like A critical moment. But. The,
3: but it seems like my, those are the plays that I felt like the Giants have been making like all year, you know, surprising us. Right. And then in yeah. this particular game, like, nope, couldn't make that one play. They, had they sustained that drive? Who knows what happens? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe they go down and get at least three to take the lead back. And maybe, um, you know, you, we don't know. I mean, I, I'm not suggesting they, still, they go on to win that game, but that was it. Dallas came down and then went up by, uh, you know, 21-13 game over.
0: You know, yeah. I don't I don't like that that call. I don't like that play there. I mean, we we we're making fun of McCarthy for going at it in his own end. Yeah. You're down 1 point at that at that juncture. I wish they would have kicked it away cuz even if Dallas comes down and does score a touchdown, you're with an eight. What I don't like is is the fact that they ran a play with only by the way, they only had 10 men on the field for that play. <laughs> so they had 10 men on the field. Barkley rolls out, he's open. Jones throws a pass that's slightly off target, but Barkley doesn't bring it in. So it's just a failure yeah. on all levels. You know they yeah. don't have enough men on the field. They they run the the play anyway, and it, it's in their own end. So once you give that up, you you know you for some reason when when we when we miss a play like that, my first inclination is just that oh the other team's gonna score a touchdown, and they did, you and know? they did, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't
2: get me wrong. I hated the call. Uh, I hated the call. But the play should have worked, um, even with 10 men on the field. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that 11th man would have blocked the guy in Jones' face, and we
0: get that easy. <laughs> um, you know, who knows? I put I a lot just... of that on, on Barkley, too. Barkley has yeah. the ball hit him in the hands, and he's sort of awkwardly falling down, too. It's like just, yeah. just secure the ball, just secure the ball yeah. first, you know? Yeah. And,
3: Awkward looking play, and, and you just don't know why the timing is something just doesn't look, it's, it looks like it's off rhythm uh, since, you know, from, from this. Snap of the ball for some reason. I didn't realize they had ten on that play, Scott. Actually, isn't it interesting though? I think there was. Weren't we talking about having ten men on the field the last time we played Dallas, yeah. giving up a touchdown? On, was it? Was it that game? I think there was, was a game where we, we, t- we had. Yeah,
0: defensively I think it was we defensively we had ten on.
3: guys on the field. So like, I mean, it it happens. Obviously, it never should at this level, but um, it's. That play right there, yeah, it's funny. I was just calling McCarthy a bonehead, but yeah. uh, you know, I love Dable being aggressive there in that situation. But to your points, you know, guys, I, I was okay with it. I, you know, but uh, obviously, when it doesn't work, you're, uh, you know, it looks it looks like a bad decision uh, at that point in the game. But um, I, I, I was okay with the call and, and the decision there, and um, you know, it just didn't uh, didn't pan out, didn't work out.
0: And on the on the flip side, we had ten men on the field in the in the Seattle Oakland game or Las Vegas game. Derek, or David Carr throws, or Derek Carr, yeah, Derek Carr throws an interception, and a 12th man comes off the bench for Seattle to help block on that play. I just saw <laughs> that. The officials didn't catch it.
2: He thought, the, he thought the play was over. He was running on to celebrate. Then he ended up blocking downfield
0: for somebody. <laughs> Guys, I, you know, I've been watching some of the games on Sunday, and, and and just some of the things that I see, you know, we were talking about the Giants getting a a. a touchdown taken away from them in that green bay game last night green bay scores a touchdown and they actually call a holding penalty on alignment on a pancake block a a perfect pancake block yes. and i'm thinking to myself the, these officials are, are ridiculous and taking scores off the board what are they what are they doing here why are they impacting the game and not letting the players make plays
3: we love Sorry. the pancake block the three of us the three of giant fans we love it <laughs> We we talk about the, we talk about the pancake all the
2: time,
0: (laughs) but I mean, really what, what happens now is, is, is we're season boils down to the next two games, more or less. If we lose both the Washington, you might as well count us out. If we win both, you might as well call us a lock. And if we split with Washington, we're going to have to pick up a game against Indy, maybe a game against Minnesota or Philly. We're gonna have to find another another win in there somewhere. Um, And and, you know, Washington's been on a roll. Washington started one and four this year, and since that time, they they've gotten rolling. Uh, Heineke's found a groove. This team's beatable. They they should have lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Chris and I were talking about this before we came on board. Falcons had a first and goal from the four. No, actually, I think it was first and goal from the two Mm -hmm. after a penalty. And what do they do? They 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 lose two yards on first down instead of just run just run up the fucking middle. Maybe you get a yard, maybe maybe you you don't, but you at least get positive yards. And then the next play is an interception, and, and it seals the game for the Redskins. Like, why are you throwing down there? You've run it down their throats all game long, and now you you got Cordarrelle Patterson who can bowl people over. I just don't get the play calling some of these teams employ down in the in the in the red zone.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? How Cardona's mentioned it, and now you just did, Scott, at the beginning of that. How two games can change every. I mean, at seven and two, we're feeling like this is an invincible. You know, you can't even imagine us not being in the playoffs. Now it's all I can think about. Uh, just just two games later, and, and you know, uh, Detroit just seemed like a, a pivot pin moment for us. I. I I think I said before that game, like if we win both of those, I'll be comfortable, uh, the Houston and Detroit games. And it's not only that we lost to Detroit, uh, it's how we lost. And, yeah, Detroit's playing well right now. But, yeah, I mean, the, the loss to Dallas, Dallas on Thanksgiving, did any of us not have that penciled in already? No doubt. You know.
0: Now, the good um, thing is that, you know, Detroit lost this week, Seattle lost uh in overtime to the Raiders. Yeah. So so you know, Buccaneers lost, Falcons lost. We have a little bit of breathing room there. But yeah. the but the it still is going to come down to us and and the Redskins and and uh you know it, there's a good chance we could have three wild cards from the NFC East if Imagine. if Seattle ends up folding up and I think if the season <laughs> ended right now that's the case, isn't yeah, it? That is yeah. I believe I think, that is believe the case right yeah. now.
3: That's unheard of unheard of. Um yeah, this, I mean, this is, this was the second week in a row that, uh, these are brutal weeks. The Giants lost and all three other teams in the NFC East yep. won. So, yep. um, you know, at this point, uh, forget about the division. You know, a couple of weeks ago in seven to two, I'm like, that, you know, when the, when the Eagles lost to, you know, the Vikings and the Giants were one game out of first place, you know, and uh, what the hell with the wild card? I want the division at this point. Now, uh, I'm starting to feel like I, this, I, I, and I don't want this. And I hope, you know, Dayball and the team, doesn't feel this either where I feel nervous all of a sudden. And there's nothing worse than that nervous fan energy where you're afraid to lose, you know, where there's a big difference. And Every fan knows what we're talking about. Between the difference of, you know, going out and playing aggressively and winning and just being afraid to lose, you know, you coach to lose, you played, you know, you're playing, or I'm sorry, you're coached not to, to lose and, and and you play not to lose. And that's when you do lose, you know, and that's uh, what's frightening right now. And, you know, the Redskins, they got some mojo right now, you know, and, and I just looked at their schedule not even realizing I knew they were on a roll, but they've won six out of the last seven games. Yeah. And I remember it started that this streak started on a Monday night at, or I'm sorry, on a Thursday night, I happened to be in Chicago on a business trip and they won a disgusting, gross redskin Justin Fields, bullshit game, you know, it looked meaningless at the time, you know, 12 to seven, it was gross. And that started this, uh, this run. You know, they only yeah. having only lost to the Vikings in there. So I don't know what to make of this Washington team, to be honest. Um, yeah, they're very beatable, Scott. You just said they are. But, you know, the Giants are beatable. You know, so uh, both these teams have a chance to win. What I really don't care for is the NFL scheduling committee who puts these schedules together back in April and May, at least when they're released to the to the public, is um, – and I, th- I think we already talked about this. The, the Washington plays, you know, at the Giants. They have their bye – and then they host the Giants the week after that. So they get the New York Giants two weeks in a row. This is unprecedented in the NFL in a 17-game, in a 18-week schedule that they play the same team, albeit, a, a, you know, obviously it has to be a division opponent. You know, those are the only ones you play twice, obviously. Um, they play them, they play the Giants two weeks in a row without playing another opponent.
2: I think that's an advantage, uh, Washington.
3: That's, that's,
2: I didn't know that. And that mm-hmm. is a huge advantage. Yeah. Huge. It, it,
0: and and it is to me, that's unacceptable. It's bullshit. How, how you bullshit. can have two division teams square off with one team having a full week of rest and the other one coming off. Actually, we're gonna play Philly in between. And we're playing Philly. So yeah. like we have like a, a game where we're like, well, you know, this this might not be that bad. We're playing you know, we're in the midst of a five division game streak in a row. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That that's that's a that's borderline, that's not fair. <laughs> I mean, more than borderline. It's not. It's just not fair. It's not. Washington it, gets to prepare for the Giants, play a game, and then just tweak that game plan, and <laughs> and go back out a week later. While we have to in between prepare for a ten and one team or deal probably with the 11-1. Philadelphia
3: Eagles. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. it's just bullshit. Um, yeah,
2: that's that's horse shit. That unbelievable. Is horse shit.
3: Um, you know, I didn't realize that till a couple of weeks ago, and then I was thinking, well. You know, because obviously I'm focused on the Giants' schedule and looking at seeing, you know, that we play. Wow, we play Washington two two out of three weeks. Now the NFL, that that's not, you know, quite the anomaly. I still don't like that in terms of when you play, you know, the same team twice in three weeks. And then when I looked at Washington's schedule, I'm like, holy shit, they have a bye week in there. They don't even have to play another team or yeah. travel or do anything. That's nuts.
2: Yeah, yeah. and then. Oh they're they're at home after the bye week so they don't even have to travel not that that's that big a deal from washington to new york but talk about just every advantage washington for that second game
0: yeah hopefully a lot of their players go on ATV trips when during that bye week uh-huh. yeah
2: yeah let's hope for that <laughs> maybe should, they all go should... to costa
3: rica and pick up some kind of like i don't know local disease or something like that <laughs> worse than covid
0: but I'll tell you, guys, the, the Washington right now, they have Brian Robinson and, and Antonio Gibson. Both are, are doing well as a running back tandem. Gibson has been catching balls out of the backfield. Robinson's been getting six yards a chunk when I've been watching them. And, and then when they they do, they, they suck you in with the run. And then all of a sudden it opens up the lanes for uh, McLern in and, and, and the passing game. And Sa- Curtis Samuel's been doing pretty well and their defense is coming to life. That's the thing that scares me. Their defense over the stretch has held teams under 20 points several times and and they're making big plays at the at the end of games to to seal wins. Yeah. Yeah,
2: as Chris said, it's not it's not like they're Lighting the world on fire. Hell, they just won. What'd you say, Chris? Six out of seven games six,
3: and six out of seven, all all like one score games. Some ugly games in there. They beat the Colts by a point. You know, again, you know, several weeks ago, you're thinking like, ah, it's still the Washington. They're not really going to be a threat. And then yeah. they just kept winning. You know, and um, but Scott, you just mentioned they don't. They're they kind of. I I don't want to say mirror the Giants a little bit, but they in in some ways they do. They don't. Ton, they don't score a ton of points. I I, I think you know it's gonna be a couple. You know, it's gonna be a low scoring game on on Sunday. It seems like um. You know, Taylor Heineke certainly, uh, is, is formidable. There's no question about that. You know, we, we know his ability and skills. It's not like this guy comes, is coming out of nowhere. Uh, he does have a propensity to turn the ball over a little bit. He's got five picks, um, you know, in six games. So he, you know, he, he can, we can force him to, you know, make a mistake and, and giants have been getting a few interceptions the last few weeks. We went, I think we, uh, were worse than a league without having one, you know, until, uh, just a few weeks ago. Now we have, uh, you know, a few, so you know, maybe we can force, you know, some mis- mistakes there, but, um, Guys, this is, you know, the Giants don't, don't score a ton. This is not, we don't play the kind of game. We don't get up on anybody and get comfortable leads. We're just not good enough. We don't score enough points. So this is going to be, this is going to be a nail biting kind of game. It is.
2: Yeah. Haneke is the kind of quarterback who typically beats the Giants. The guy who doesn't, he's not where he's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. He's not throwing the ball where he should, you know, and the the Giants are very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Concept driven. So, you know, they they uh, they're not expecting Heineke, you know, a quarterback to do things like Heineke does. And and I, you know, as we Chris pointed out and if you just if you watch the Redskins, you'll see it bites him a lot. But it just seems players like that far, you know, like that against the Giants, they just. They just get beat by those guys, yeah um, you know, there's been there's been a handful of guys like that over the years, you know, just get the, the good thing about them and what other teams do to guys like that is. Is they they are not calm, cool, collected quarterbacks. You know they're kind of a spaz out there, right. and uh, and you just try to make them spaz into a mistake. And for some reason, those guys they're all up their game for some reason against the Giants. And it's it's probably to do because we do leave a lot of easy pickings on the field, and we start to give them confidence.
0: I feel a little bit better with Wink at the helm now than than I did with Graham. Graham would sit back and let Heineke pick oh. you apart. Yep. Whereas at least Wink's going to bring the house and force Heineke to make decisions and, 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 and pick the right decisions on where to throw. Yeah. Yep. So if we have to look at a, a prediction here. Mike, what, what's your prediction on the game?
2: Well, if I if I pick the Giants to lose to Washington at home, I'm basically picking the end of the season. So I'm going to pick a Giants win, uh, and I'm going to say uh, typical Washington Giants football game. It's one of these ugly ones from years past That. Yeah, seventeen sixteen Giants. Oof! <laughs>
0: All right, this is this is uncanny. This is the exact safe I'll... score I was going to pick, and I was Get going to have. Honestly, I was going to have. I have it written down right here. Graham Gano is going to hit a last-second field goal to give us a seventeen-to-sixteen win. That's the third week in a row. Oh, that's the that? second week in a row. I. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
3: Hey, I'll take it, man. <laughs>
0: Oh, God, I'll be thrilled. Yeah, Uh,
3: yeah, I'm looking for, you know, if if I look and point back to games earlier in the season that we won, I'm looking for a Chicago Bear type of win that we had against them or or Houston, you know, just a couple weeks ago. One of those just unflashy kind of muck your way through the game. You know, like we beat Carolina, I think, 1916 early in the season at home. You know, one of those games where just we kind of muck our way through. It's not the prettiest thing in the world. I'm going to go with a little bit more points. Uh, I was I was a little encouraged just by the you know how many you know the Giants they had some good drives against Dallas last week and and I know Washington's defense is um you know not not you know is one of the more decent ones you know certainly but um I don't know I think Saquon gets a little bit more on track I think he's going to you know do have better you know yardage and, and performance that he has has had the last couple of weeks twenty two yards and freaking thirty nine against Dallas last week respectively but um, I'm going to go uh, another close one though I, I'm going twenty three nineteen big blue. Right,
1: so I got right. them winning
3: because like you said, Mike, I can't, there's no way I could pick Washington to win this game. Can't. I just can't. And so that's just my, I energy. have to say, it's really my fandom right there. I, I just, I can't bring myself to just say the giants are going to lose this game. I just can't. So I agree. Uh, yeah. 23, 19 giants. Let's see. If
2: I took my fandom out of it, I would probably
0: pick same score, but just flip reverse it. Mm. And that's the thing with these Redskin games, commander games, whatever the, there, uh, they 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 seem to come down to the very end, and they come down to a play or two. If you remember last year, we lost the first game against them because Dexter Lawrence was deemed offsides on a on a, on a missed ex- on a missed field goal, mm-hmm. where he actually I, was not offsides. But I can't uh, again, I, again yeah. I mean, you know, we saw that this week. Uh, the Titans lost; they were called for unnecessary roughness on a made field goal against the Bengals,
2: mm-hmm.
0: trying to rush. Yeah through the middle. Apparently it's unnecessary roughness if he hit the center. Oh,
3: was that the the uh, defense was that was the uh, right? Defenseless player call. Was that that one yeah. Scott, I think?
0: Yeah, I think it was yeah. that one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they called the center defenseless, I guess, somehow. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know what the hell.
3: I just
0: can't figure this shit out anymore. Nah. Too many there's too many talking points I have of watching games this weekend where the officials decided critical points of the game and and and, and either either gave teams you know, basically a gift touchdown or took touchdowns off the board. It was, it's really, it's, it's a league wide epidemic. We're complaining about with the giants. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Cowboy fans feel like they had some bad calls in that game, but the thing is it's league wide. You have calls all over the place. Now deciding games, impacting games. Yeah. Subjective calls at key moments at key times,
2: you know, on key downs, um, Flags coming out after, I mean, a lot of it, the thing I noticed in the Giants game, and it's always a benefit when the Giants play in primetime or during the bye week because you just sit around and watch other games, and you kind of realize that this isn't a Giants thing. You know, you see the, the timing of the flags now is a thing. Um, it just seems so play, uh, re- I've said this before, it seems results-driven. The flag seems results-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, if if there's a hold anywhere on the field and, and the passes. Is complete. They're not. Co- when have you seen a defensive holding call on a completed pass, guys? When <laughs> when have we ever seen that? It doesn't happen. It's a great point. You know, because it's so rare. many of them, so many of them happen away from the ball, right? F- from the from the receiver who the actual ball was intended to. On how many of those plays where the flag comes out, does the intended receiver actually catch the ball? It's it's never. It's after the incomplete pass they throw a flag for this guy away over here holding. I still say insanity. You,
0: could, you could clean all of this up by just calling the egregious fouls that actually impact plays. If well, they did that, that would would yeah. clear a lot of this up. Well, that's
2: what it scares would make their me, jobs though. easier. That's what scares me, though, Scott, that it's such an easy fix and they don't do it. We've
3: Yeah. We've mentioned it a million times. So but it, it, it sometimes it, just, it does bear repeating. Have some of shit reviewable, you know, have some of these. Penalties, reviewable, the personal fouls, the face masks, some of these things that are critical, you know, game changing types of calls. Have them reviewable. You know, all of it, forward progress, whatever, all this other shit, you know, like everything, everything should be reviewable. Why why not? They're worried about (laughs) <laughs> like, like what the game taking too long or what? I, I don't know what the freaking concern is. Get again. We've begged for this guy all the time. Even if we're on the wrong end of it, I'm telling you, it's like just, I can live with getting the call, right? We talk about it all the time. It's, but it's every week we have to say the same thing. Get the calls, right? It's infuriating. By the way, the giants are uh dog by two and a half points to the commanders at home next week. I just, I just uh, was looking at the spread.
0: Yeah. I actually like that. That that's that yeah. seems to be the formula that's helped us when we're getting <laughs> no respect.
3: I know. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Actually, you know, it's a couple weeks ago. I I was a little infuriated. The Giants weren't getting enough talk. Now I'm uh, I'm terrified and paranoid of it. Stop talking about the Giants. No, they're you know, just. I don't want anyone talking about them. Maybe we'll just slide in the back door in the playoffs. That's yeah. the way it's going to have to be.
2: People just wake up and go, how the hell did they get in the playoffs?
3: Right. <laughs> the, the Great Collapse, as I'm dubbing it, because I'm, oh, I'm terrified of it right now. It's already,
2: it's already got a name. It hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, so it's the we, Great we, Collapse. <laughs> We've given it a name.
0: So, we're coming on to air on Cyber Monday, which is normally we normally record on Wednesdays, but since the game was on Thursday, we wanted to record early this week. Um, so, hopefully, you took advantage on Black Friday or Cyber Monday of the Manscaped promotion. Now hopefully, you went out and got the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 using uh, code ANGRYMAN to get 20% off your order and free shipping. But it's never too early to play holiday music. And it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. So buy your significant other Manscaped products and keep those jingle balls shiny.
3: <laughs> oh. Oh, well done. <laughs> there are so many great stocking stuffers in the, in the Manscaped catalog. Angry, promote promo code, Angry Man. We've said it every, every week. But, but everyone out there, if you haven't done this yet, your Christmas shopping, whoever's on your list, go there tonight. Great call, Scott. Cyber Monday. Yeah. Still going. Monday. I actually saw a couple advertisers that they're still they're extending it to tomorrow. It's just Cyber Week now. It's pretty soon it'll just be Cyber Month. Cyber
0: <laughs> this was September. one of the first years. I didn't, like, Black Friday came, and I had no inclination whatsoever to go outside the house to shop. I mean, nah. that used to be a thing where I'd be like, all right, we're standing in line at 5 in the morning in oh, the cold. Of my, my you were that guy? I was that guy. Oh, no. I don't have to be that guy now. I, for some reason, I just I just like evaporated. No I reason. I it, it I used to get the I used to get the newspaper and the circulars, and you go through all the ads. And be like, I'd I'd have I'd have my plan. All right, we're gonna go to Best Buy at five a.m., Target at six, get trampled oh. over here at uh, seven. <laughs> like,
2: sleeping.
3: Clark Griswold, uh, going around South Charlotte here. <laughs> Got to hit every major attraction. Big ball of wax. <laughs> Right in Kansas, they they stop there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. Yeah, good point on that. You, because uh, you're right, man. You go to that website. You you can find a big gift there, so you, it could be one of the the centerpiece gifts, or you buy the stuff individually, stuff the stocking. Yeah. Or here's a here's a tip: buy the kit, open it, break it out. You can fill a whole stocking with the kit.
0: There you go. I like that. It's a great you can, call, you Mike. Can, you can actually separate the gifts out to multiple people.
3: Yeah, right. right. Oh, They're individually yeah, wrapped and yeah. sealed. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the weed whacker in one, the lawnmower in another. Shampoo. Right? Ball revitalizer one, in another. One stop shop. Crop Love duster. Good Crop stuff. duster in another, yeah. <laughs> Got everyone on your, you know, just, if you lost a fantasy football league and you're, you know, maybe like your punishment is to buy Christmas gifts for everyone in everyone in your league? There you go. I don't know. It's I'm just making that up. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be in one of those leagues where you're like you're you're forced to get a tattoo if you lose or something. Oh, like that. No <laughs> I'd way. probably have a big I'd have, i have a big thing on my, my back of like uh I don't know, Bet Midler. <laughs> Remember the the old school commercial
2: where they, the guy getting the tattoo of the Lying on the back <laughs> and the guy comes in. So you've been traded to Miami. You remember that? One? <laughs> yeah. yeah the yes. yeah. <laughs> was a good commercial. <laughs> I love, love that. Cardone,
0: any uh, pet peeves this week?
3: Yeah, there's always a pet peeve or two. So this, this is one. I can't even think of a particular game this happened in like this week. Um, I probably did. I I don't remember in my drunken stupor over the weekend, you know, you got these extended weekends. I don't remember like what game I was watching on what day it was. Uh, you know, there's so much college football on, you know, obviously the NFL is going all week, but, um, this is one where, and again, I, I I don't know if I have brought this one up before, but I was watching a college game and this happens in the NFL as well, where, um, I, I think we still need to extend the fucking field goal post at least another two feet. <laughs> I, the NFL did this about, I don't know how many years ago, they extended it five feet. I'm still watching field goals where no one knows that the goddamn ball went through the uprights or not. Especially in college when you're kicking from that 82 degree angle uh, off the, you know, with those, you know, the, the hash marks almost in the the out of bounds over there. I forget, I forget what game it was. I, I was watching. You're now obviously granted on TV. You can't see with the angles, but you're watching these balls go 10, 8 to ten feet over the 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 uprights. have no idea if they're good. And they're like, oh, that it, he squeezed that one in. So a couple things, my pet peeve here: extend the fucking post a little bit higher. Number one, number two, put a camera either on right on top of the post, from the, 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 the like have a drone cable over the damn thing. Right? We have those. Drone shots while the thing uh, on the while the offense is on the field, and we're in the huddle. Have a do a cable the drone camera right over the upright, or maybe have one shoot fr- from the ground, or put the camera on top of the official's head that's standing underneath the upright because he has the best view in the house, right? And the other the other thing I can't stand about this is that when you see the ball go right over the upright or what appears to be over the upright, the announcer always says, "Well, you know, the ball it looked like it went right over the upright, so that that's good." No, it's not, asshole, because if the upright is another couple of feet up, isn't the ball then fucking hitting the upright? If there's an imaginary upright there and it extends and the ball goes right over the, the, the shortened upright, wouldn't the ball hit the post then if it goes right over it? They oh, always yeah. say, well, it's good. that That means it's good. Well, why? If we just – can we get someone – can we get a contractor from Home Depot or Lowe's or one of these independent guy, somebody – and build these in the off season, go out to every stadium and build these uprights a little bit higher. So we don't have to guess if a goddamn football was to the left or right of these posts,
0: it still goes on. Drives me nuts. Don't you love when the guy to, on the opposite goal post has to look over to the other guy who's on the other oh, yeah. goal post and, you know, gives them the old hands out that,
3: Sometimes that guy doesn't even make a signal. the other he just he leaves the other guy on an island over there. and I the was like, "Well, fuck, I ain't I'm not going to say make a call. I don't know if that's good or not. I don't want to be uh, you know accused of, yeah, I don't want to be accused of making a wrong call if I never saw the damn thing. But my my favorite one of all time is probably the 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 Ravens Patriot one on I think it was a Sunday or Monday night a few years ago, and Belichick's it was a the Ravens won on a Justin Tucker field goal that you can't tell. you have no idea if this thing was inside or outside the post. And all the Patriots are barking at the official. Everyone's this is great because it's the last play of the game. So everyone's running off the field. There's chaos, right? It's sort of like you know, with the the, the what do you call the Schultz uh, Harbaugh, you know, handshake kind of chaos. You got every, people all over the place. There's cameras, and Belichick is grabbing um, the official by the arm as he's as he's trying to get to the tunnel to, to ask him what the hell did you see? My players are saying it wasn't good. You're saying it's good. I don't know why we're still having to deal with this.
0: You know, really it's not don't. reviewable either. No.
3: No, there's no way you can review it.
2: I see, There's uh, so many easy ways to fix that. I mean, you could, you could put cameras at the top of the post that just look straight up. And right then up. you could go to that camera. If you can't see the fucking ball, it's no good. Exactly. Or you whatever. Could put rule, a whatever laser beam. Yeah, a laser, laser beam. It goes up indefinitely. <laughs> uprights with laser beams attached to their heads. Yeah. <laughs> matter of fact, we don't even need the hard post on the ground. It could just be just lasers. He lasers. Just to, yeah. Right. Lasers are the answer right here. I still think another few feet, you know,
3: it's because just another few feet, maybe another five. You can't extend these things another four or five feet up up in the air. I, I don't know. It drives me nuts, man.
0: We will call it the Allen Parsons project. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, though. I, I am terrible watching. Like when you're at the stadium and you're not behind the end zone. I am terrible at, at, at calling whether a field goal is good or not. But yeah, I'm just looking at the reaction of the people behind the, the right the, the, the in the end zone. Like, no, I not. swear, sometimes I think I see the ball on the outside of the, of yeah. the goalpost. I'm never right. I'm like, oh, he missed it.
2: No,
3: exactly. No, oh, I'm right, right, right down I, the
0: middle.
2: I, By the know, way,
3: I said Schultz. I think I meant Schwartz. I think I said Schultz. Yeah. Har, the Harbaugh Schwartz ending, which is still one of my favorites of all time, had nothing you know, to do it, with the upright thing. It was just a still one of my the, my most <laughs> favorite post game chaos. Shakes. Yeah, just all of it.
2: <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, I'm with you, Scott. You know the the uh, in college where they even have the wider hashes. Sometimes it comes off the kicker's foot. You're like, he shaped it. <laughs> it goes just right through the middle. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And I think that,
3: in college, pulled. I don't think they extended. Yeah, the uprights, I think, are even shorter. Uh, you know, then you go to high school and they're like two nubs out there. You know, you're like, there's not. <laughs> it's, it's like a clothesline you're you're kicking it into.
2: <laughs> Hit it that
0: general direction. <laughs> <sighs> Field goal kickers have come a long way since I was in high school. I remember I remember like I was a backup field goal kicker at one point and I could barely get the thing over the like like an extra point. Try. We, we, you more or less were, were better off going for two. Because some, yeah. the, 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 well, the kickers back when I was playing, they they could barely kick it over. Now i watching some of these guys in high school. They're booting 50 yarders. They look Yeah, like we, had a, <laughs> we had a pretty good kicker. My high school team did. He was a straight on guy. Yeah, Mark Mosley.
2: The Mark Mosley. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Like uh, his his leg was on a hinge, right? You're just yeah. like like a swing at the playground, like just the, went back know, and what forth. Was the toy that you pop it
2: on the head? Was it, yeah. is it Super Toe? What was
3: yeah. it?
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we had that in my house. My kid growing oh, my up. Oh that <laughs> thing was like a rocket. You could go all the way down the hallway and like. Yeah. Those things were good from like. Yeah. Yeah
2: fifty feet. Yeah. I remember the first time I got that, my uh, it was at my grandparents' house that me and my two uncles are like, that's this all right,
0: 70 yarder. You know, well, yeah, you <laughs> know talk talk about the, the uprights on that though. The ball was wide as hell. Yeah. And the right. uprights were like this. So you like you yeah. literally couldn't fit the ball through the upright yeah. very well. You, you had, to had to power to... it through <laughs> if it was even close, you were like, that's good. <laughs> maybe that's how we got to where we are today with the uh maybe. Refs. Super Mike, uh, pet peeves. Yeah, I've actually, I've got a couple, uh, this week, ever since
2: I've been called out, I'm like, this is like my second job now is finding pet peeves. So I'm, I've rededicated my low has called you out, rededicated myself to being angry. Um, so my, my one this week and it's probably going to be a short one because it's, it's just, it's just is what it is. And it's just so typical Of the Dallas Cowboys You can't have a fucking scoreboard Hanging over your stadium in the middle Where it could be hit by a football Who? What other team A would even try it B would get approved for it I mean the ball hits this thing from time to time Again special rules for Oh that one didn't count It hit the stupid giant scoreboard Get that get it Out of here that is the most ridiculous Thing It's like Jerry World yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's like, oh, the, you know, I don't know, the, the Giants want to put a blimp in the inside their stadium that, you know, no, it's that's the field of play. If there's any chance a punt could hit it, it should not have been allowed. And not only is there a chance,
0: it happens like frequently. Yeah. You know. G- Gillen actually put one well above the the scoreboard. Luckily, he was off to the side of it. So yeah, it didn't I heard hit it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the I'd heard the announcers going off
2: about that, but I don't
0: know if they ever went
2: back and actually showed it, but yeah, it's just, it's one of the stupidest. They reminds me, you know, like in, in baseball fields, they, they mm-hmm. used, there was like, sometimes they'd have a lemonade stand or something out right field just because they could do whatever they wanted with the field. That's that football's not supposed to be that way. Jerry, where, you know, <laughs> we have to, you know, Oh, he hit it. That's a, that's a 300 yard. That's going out to the gap. No, not, not the gap in the field, the actual Gap clothing store out there in left field. I think, I think it's Tropicana Field, home of the Rays.
3: Balls just get lost in the fucking like catwalk up there, right? They just never yeah. come down.
0: Remember the they get hit into dome, the ceiling, get caught caught in the, the the padding up there, and it's yeah. like it's, uh, it's a ground rule double. I mean, how do you how do you even rule that shit? Because it went into the hefty bags. Remember they have caught the hefty bag. Yeah.
3: Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the worst looking thing ever.
2: Yeah. So that's, you know, that's my thing is that I don't even know how that thing got approved. I don't know why it's there. It, you know, it is the, it's so Jerry Jones, this guy probably, he probably still has bed with a mirror above it. That's kind of what I... (laughs)
0: I never understood the limitations in a stadium anyway. we I remember going back to CYO basketball when I was back in Elmira. And we played one time in Corning. And, like, the, the ceilings were, like, 15 feet. So how the hell were you supposed to shoot a jump shot from back there and not have it scrape off the top of the, the ceiling and, and in?
2: Yeah. Like, right.
0: <laughs> you're playing in some of these bandbox box uh, arenas. Yeah. It wasn't even an arena. It was a gymnasium that, like. I, I think I have high, higher ceilings in my house.
2: Yeah, some, of them, like, some yeah. of them went the other way, too. You know, they just had, like, there's a bench and then an eight-foot wall behind the bench, and then the students sat above that. So you literally played in a box. Right. Like, you could check people into the boards. That's uh, fine. Dallas, just more Dallas. Just everything about that.
3: Every, everything about that franchise. I agree.
2: Just weeks just yeah. of tackiness. You know, Dallas is the... I know. They're just the just the tacky ant of the NFL, just everything they do is everything. just like, ah, grinding just ugh. everything. But
0: mine is sort of calling out our own fan base when, when we lose and or when we win and get too high, but it's like, everything is a, what have you done for me lately thing? You know, when, when we were seven and one, you know, you got people talking about Jones and Barkley. Oh, they're definitely coming back next year. Now we've lost you know, two games in a row, and you got you got people like saying, Oh, Daniel Jones is 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 no better than Marcus Mariota. If you watch Marcus Mariota play, he's made a couple of throws I've never seen Daniel Jones make in it in his time. Like just going down to the turf, throwing something up for grabs, you know, interceptions in the end zone when you need a, a, a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones has many things. One thing he's he's not is a bad, he doesn't make bad decisions throwing the ball. He might, he might take too long to, to make a decision to throw the ball, but he doesn't generally make that throw where you're like, what the fuck did we just see? And you see a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL make those throws right now. I mean, I, I see it weekly from, you know, Zach Wilson who's, who's yeah. been benched now, but that's another one too. Now I, I hear giant fans going, well, m- look at what Mike White did with the Jets. We couldn't get a cheaper Mike White and have him take Daniel Jones's place what? Then that when Mike white throws four interceptions and throws for 36 yards in a, in a 36 to nothing blowout. What do you, what are you going to do then? I just get so fed up with this whole, you know, Daniel Jones is, is, a, is, is the a reason we're losing games. Because if you're watching the giants play and you think the quarterback is the reason we're losing games, you need to look a little bit deeper as to why, I mean, I'm watching I'm watching teams run against us. So our defense is not stopping teams. I'm watching our offense with wide receivers drop balls or not even get open. I I have a very hard time pinning losses directly on the quarterback unless the quarterback makes a, just a ridiculously bad mistake or throws interceptions all the time when you're when you're driving for a touchdown. I haven't, I just haven't seen that with Daniel Jones this year. So when you start comparing him to Marcus Mariota, when you start comparing him to, you know, the just terrible quarterbacks and saying that we could, we could, we could have anyone there. They're giant fans are saying next year, we could have Tyrod Taylor step in and, and, and work this offense as good as Dale Jones. What the fuck are they, what are they watching all year? What have they seen? Now, I think there's going to have to be a conversation about Jones on how much he's going to cost and whether or not he he should be brought back. I don't see a lot of college quarterbacks that are ready to step in right now this this coming year. And here's the thing. If you look at the top of the draft next year, six of the top, like, eight teams are going to need quarterbacks. So we're not getting a quarterback unless we get someone at the end of the first round. And at that point, he's going to be a project. So... just this whole "what have you done for me lately" thing is my my pet peeve. I can't stand the knee jerk reactions after a loss. We're seven and four. You'd swear that we are already out of the playoffs. We're we, you know we're going to be picking top of the top of the draft next year and things like that. We're, we we still have a very good shot to make the playoffs.
3: Yeah. Now, if anything, all Jones does each and every week is uh, secure and confirm that he belongs uh, as, as this team's quarterback. Um, you know, right now and they can, they can win with this guy. So great points, Scott. I mean, you know, they, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, this is the NFL's a week to week kind of business. You know, it's, it's, it's emotional for the fans. It's, you know, for the, the, the journalists who cover the game for everybody involved, you know, cause they're, they're cause the season is everything rides on so many, you know, because there's only a limited number of games, obviously it's not like the NBA, or the NHL with these ridiculously long seasons, you know, so week to week it feels like uh, there's, you know, so much can happen and swing in either direction, win or lose. We've already experienced it this year. Um, you know, six and one, and now we've lost three out of four. So, you know, we're feeling the a little bit of the where the the pressure and the stress and the anxiety and the, and all those things that uh, are are happening throughout. So, yeah, I, I so the fans reacting like that. We we say it all the time that it's just it, it, be smarter. Just be a smarter fan.
2: That's all. Yeah. I, I completely agree with what you just said, Chris. I mean, you know, we all, I think suspected coming into this year that we could win with Daniel Jones. And we just had been unable to see a situation where he could showcase that for everybody. Uh, last year was impossible, but I think, I think you saw life without Daniel Jones at the end of last year. That was really enough for me. And then we come in, then we come in this year and, you know, we were, we were starting seven and one or six and one and seven and two. Um, now I'm like, okay, this really top to bottom isn't a very good team. We're winning with Daniel Jones. We're 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 winning. And the ironic thing is in games like Detroit and Dallas, well Detroit he had the interceptions, but um you know, he's had high completions, high yards. We've lost those games. I don't right. know if people are equating these things. And these other games that we win and the fans still bitch about Jones, it's like the win is it's not even secondary. It's like the fourth thing on the list. And then you look at someone again, I'm going back to the well. Then you look at your Justin Fields who just, I don't know, because he could run the ball. He has the dancers and fans just going nuts over this guy. All he does is lose. And he's got a pretty good supporting cast around. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, take, you know, what? they could take. Take that and cram it. If you think, if you think, after watching the Giants this year and the end of last year particularly, that Daniel Jones is somehow holding this team back, you don't even know what the hell you're doing. You, you shouldn't be a football fan.
0: You when know, when go, people go watch compl- the World Cup, when people complained about Jones in the wins against Jacksonville and Chicago, I threw my hands up because. They're looking strictly at stats, which, which by the way, his stats in Jacksonville were quite good. They were very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And and against Chicago, he didn't throw for many yards, but he ran for for quite a bit. And and yeah. so they're. It's funny because you factor the run in when you talk about Justin Fields. Yeah. You, oh, geez, last night all we heard about was how great Jalen Hurts was running the ball. Yeah. So you hear about the run with these guys when Daniel Jones does it. It's almost like it's a it's a Black mark against him. Yeah. Oh, Jones. A, Jones is. Yeah. He's, he's running the ball. It's a negative. You know. That's. You're
2: right, Scott. They say, yeah, Jones wouldn't be doing anything if not for the run. Well, this, Jalen Hurts' passing numbers are. It's not going to get him into the Hall of Fame. Not going to win many championships. Certainly not Justin Fields. So, it's 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 subjective. It's uh. It's they're going to find the thing to complain that they want to complain about, no matter where it is. You know, is is Jones. In the in the top three, five, even maybe eight to ten quarterbacks of the league. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he is right now, probably. But you you know, we're not gonna go find Patrick Mahomes tomorrow. Yeah. And taking a flyer on somebody and cutting Jones' tenure with us short is so short sighted. It sets us back so many years. Um, unless you find a uh diamond in the rough, which there there's a reason why they're called Diamond in the Rough. It's nearly impossible to get lucky enough to find that guy. I mean, well, how I mean, many teams
0: passed on Mahomes? This could be a pet peeve all on its own, but that you hear the statement all the time. And there's nothing factual to back this up, but you always hear this statement about a quarterback. Well, can he can he take you to a Super Bowl? J- Jones might be good enough to get you to a playoff, maybe. But can he take you to a Super Bowl? Well, how I don't know. Nick Foles took the Eagles to the Super <laughs> Bowl. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's been in a Super Bowl. Tw- Trent Dilfer's won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson's I mean, he, been in a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco's been in a Super Bowl. I mean, There's you see guys that guys go that, to the yeah. Super Bowl, it, it doesn't take a, a Herculean effort every year to get your team to a Super Bowl, especially if you have a dominant defense. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. Daniel Jones, on a team that, that is strong on the defensive side of the ball and, and a, an offense that doesn't make mistakes, can get you to... Pretty deep in the in the in the playoffs, possibly do a Super Bowl. I you know, I mean I'd ask the question, can Kyler Murray get you to a Super Bowl if this is a criteria we're looking at? Yeah. You know, I, can, I just can, can Lamar Jackson get you to a Super Bowl? I mean, that's that's the thing. When you say it about Daniel Jones, it's like a oh, everyone like agrees and backslaps people. Oh, that's a great point. Well, how do you know? I mean, how do you know unless you have a better supporting cast? Right. Right. And how do you know when
2: you talk about a guy like Lamar Jackson, who hasn't done it, why do, why is it automatic that Lamar Jones can? And so let's just talk about the stupidity of the statement that he might be able to get you in the playoffs a couple of years, but he's not a Super Bowl quarterback. What the hell are you talking about? he can't he can win He can win fourteen games, but can't win three more. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. you know it's just uh, it's it's infuriating I mean, the I'm sure question a lot always of people. When Sims went down, a lot of people said Hosteller can get them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Who cares.
3: Exactly. No, it's it's the system. There's lots of things that that go into uh, you know making uh, a playoff run and all those things. And you know, again, Jones, let's remind everybody what he's in his fourth year, right? So, huh. you know, he he he's not going to get better. He's not going to improve his his ability to play quarterback in this league. Yeah, I have a lot of confidence that he will. Yeah. So, right now, the question always is. We've covered it a million times. All right, so and so. I just, here's the thing here like Stephen A, Daniel Jones is not the guy for the Giants. All right, Stephen A, you arrogant asshole. Then who is? Then right. who do you want? Yeah. Who? No. who? Who? who I, I, you know, like, like people, Paul said, Bill Parcells said all the time, he goes, Oh, we got to go find, you know, they got to, they need a quarterback. They got to go get a quarterback. Where? I, I mean, we mean, know where. Yeah. I mean, like the draft and all that. But I mean, like right now, yeah. like, well, then
0: who? Who's that and, person? And the good thing about that statement, Chris, is that giant fans that are so eager to move off of Daniel Jones have to realize that you're taking a chance on whoever the next guy is. And if that guy doesn't pan out, what if you get a Zach Wilson? What if you get a Sam Darnold? And all of a sudden now you've got to start over again. And you've got exactly. to do it probably two years from now because you yeah. you know you're gonna give this guy a little bit of time to to find his feet. You know, build build the team and a guy like Jones can can be okay. If you don't have a team, I, I'd be fine moving away from Jones if you don't have a team at all. You know, at the end of his career, you know whose career I'm
2: just thinking this now, Daniel Jones might mirror a little bit. Rich Gannon. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was a guy who was sort of seen as a journeyman, but had pretty good numbers. And then, he, you know, as he got older and wiser, he just kept getting better and better. Yep. You know, like every year he just kind of kept getting better and better. He had some wheels, too. And, uh, you know, by the end of his career, he's he's never won one, but he's, you know, playing in Super Bowl. So,
3: yeah, that's a that's uh, a, that's a really good that's a good call.
2: Who is yeah, the Gannon old Tampa quarterback?
3: That, he fits that
0: mold. Uh, Brad Johnson, Tampa, Brad Johnson, Brad Johnson's yeah. another one. Brad Johnson yeah. had a couple lackluster seasons early on. He hung around and, and he was able to, to he had some really good seasons at the end of his career.
3: Yeah. Played within yep. the system, the whole thing. Uh, played alongside, you know, <laughs> had a dominant defense in his locker room and, and won a championship yeah. and played pretty goddamn good in that uh, Super Bowl when they destroyed the Raiders. I think, he
0: the, beat, I the think Raiders. He
3: beat Gannon. Did. <laughs> <Yeah>. Destroyed him.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: So, you know, in many Anything... ways, you could almost make the argument that Jones is, I'm not saying he's a rookie, but he, again, let's everyone keep in mind, he's playing with a, a, a rookie head coach. He's playing with a new offensive coordinator. He's playing with a lot of new players around him. So in many ways, you could almost make the argument that he's, play, you know, he's, it, it, is playing almost rookie ball in some ways, I and mean, that's a little far-fetched, you know, to go, you know, obviously. But you know, when you're playing in a whole new system with new coaches around you, you could almost make the argument that this is like his first year with this, you know, in this system. So again, you just made the point. We're gonna, we're going to start all over with somebody else right now. It takes a long time usually in the NFL to uh, really get gel and get a, develop a chemistry and um oh.
0: Unless you, know, you and, hit right away build success, and, and you have a team around you. I mean, the thing is, the next guy that comes in next year, he's going to have the same group of receivers that hopefully will upgrade. Yeah. But yeah. you're going to have to use draft picks on the receivers, too, to upgrade them. You're going to have to, you yeah. know, you have to find a way to to get better skill positions in here. So I, it, it's just it, it drives me crazy because Giant fans seem to hate Daniel Jones for some reason. I can't for life figure it out. He's not, you know that's a whole other topic. He's, he's not
2: on the cover of med. He's not uh, featured on, uh, on sports center. He's, you know, he doesn't make commercials. Listen, um, I mean, <laughs>
3: we don't have to look that far, right? He reminds a lot of people of one of our favorites, if not our favorite Eli Manning personality wise, it's the same thing. You just we're, we're I think we're alluding to that, Mike. We're like, yeah, yeah. he's, he doesn't, he he's not that rah-rah guy, he's not very vocal. He's not it's it's almost like it's very identical to Eli. You know what? That that works for me. You know what I yeah, mean? If you yeah. can it, it works for me. I I'd rather have a guy like that than is acting like an asshole doing all kinds of bullshit off the field or doing, you know, you, you just I'd rather have a, a Daniel Jones uh you know right now. I'm not saying like, he's not the t- most talented. We 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 know he's not. You know would I take a lot of other yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, of course. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that for right now He's he's the he's the quarterback for the, of the Giants, and I think they can they can win with him. They can yeah. win with this guy.
2: Yeah, I, I mean it, to me right now at this point in their career, compared to Eli's, I think year four Eli was going to win a Super Bowl. Didn't look like it at this point of that season. Right. Didn't look like that was on the uh, no. on the table at all. But uh, the the biggest difference is you know what what Eli had from this point going forward in his career: Toomer, Hicks, Manningham, Hicks blacks blacks <laughs> yeah I you, it's just like the names are escaping me because I'm old but you know what I mean that's we don't have these guys and then Cruz. of course crew Oh God Cruz I forgot Cruz Steve and, Smith and then of course that uh, that late 90s early 2000s offensive line that was yeah. uh I'm sorry yeah. other I'm a decade behind the the late 2000s early 2010s offensive line that was um out of this world yeah
0: You guys got anything else to No, I
2: would be remiss if I didn't mention the Michigan Wolverines uh, (laughs) on this broadcast, I think.
3: Big win, Uh, man.
2: Yeah,
3: Yeah. that was. Happy for you, Mike. I just disliked Ohio State so much. So awesome win by the Wolverines there.
2: They were very close to being my pet peeve. uh, Just in general, their essence is very Dallas-like. They're, uh, you know. Their coach early in the game went for it on fourth down and gave Michigan a score that kind of pumped the team up. And, you know, that's it's just it's arrogance. It's and I think that, that with with that particular rivalry, that goes both ways. Uh, you know, if you know what was that? I think it was an Ohio State coach who actually said it. But the uh, the feeling is very mutual. They asked him, they, late in the game, they're pounded Michigan. They went for two late in the game. And the reporters after the game asked him why he went for two. And he said, because I couldn't go for three. <laughs> um, you know, if you know yeah, that, if there was more time in that game, Harbaugh would be finding more ways to score. It's, it's a it's a fun rivalry, especially when you win, um, oh, yeah. because it is it's nasty.
0: And I think you were taking crap from one of our questioners last week, uh, Brian Peacock, about about Michigan. So it's it's got to yes. be good to. He asked how fraudulent they were. Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> He didn't yeah, even ask, he didn't ask in a way that I could even defend it. He's like, Do
2: you, you, of course, you agree with me that Michigan's fraudulent, you know, like, yeah. But in, uh, to Brian's credit, he texted me right after the game. Very nice text about, uh, Michigan, um, especially after he and I were spewing hate at each other just a few days earlier watching Dallas
0: and the Giants. So, mm. So uh like I said, we're recording on a Monday this week. We're not gonna be back again until the following Wednesday after the Redskin game. So we got a big game coming up Sunday. Uh probably the, the most crucial game of the year to this point. Um, so hit us up next week for some questions. Uh we're on Twitter at angry underscore three. Uh check us out on YouTube. We are the three Angry Giant fans your host Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. And uh we will be back, like I said, next Wednesday. To recap the Redskins. God, commanders. <laughs> Fuck. I keep saying Redskins. The commanders, uh, the victory over the commanders. woo
3: Feels like a must-win. Better go get it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I it was, was gonna, I was gonna say, we we, you know, it just seems like when the Giants are decent and they need a win, here comes Washington, right? That's been the history over the yes. years. But this is not the Redskins. This is the Commanders, but even though you know the so we'll see. Maybe that all changed. I hope not.